starting a business is definitely not for everyone. I think a lot of people should do it. You have to realize that there's going to be a lot of failure. There's going to be a lot of effort and there's not a lot of return at the beginning, but you build it and then it, it grows and, and it works out. So you just have to keep at it. Hello and welcome to Start the Beat with Sykes. My name is Sykes and this is my podcast. Before we get started, I just wanted to take a quick moment to thank everyone who checked out the last episode. If you're one of those people, I hope you enjoyed it and thanks so much for coming back. But for those of you out there who are new to the show, welcome. Please feel free to make yourselves at home. And as always, there's beer and soda in the fridge. But today... I have iced coffee. And you know what, Josh? I did not ask you. Do you need anything? Do you need a beer? Do you need a soda? I'm good. You're good? I'm great right now. If you change your mind, you let me know. Because just on the other side of that door, all your dreams can come true. You just let your boy know. So I already mentioned one half of this gentleman's name that's sitting next to me. But for those of you that don't know how to read, this is Josh Snyder. Make some noise for the internet, my friend. Hey. For those of you who do not know, Josh, he is a lot of things. You are a an artist, a father, a business owner, a lover of music, a lover of creativity, a lover of Pittsburgh, a lover of nice hats Thank you. and beards. And, you know, hey, you know, we both have hats. We both have beards. We both are into all of these things. We're entrepreneurs of sorts. We got a lot to talk about. Absolutely. Thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to be here today, man. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. So for anyone out there who doesn't know you. Yeah. And if there's anything that I didn't cover in my nice little sentence, what do you want to tell people about yourself? Well, uh, we both also have podcasts. Oh, uh, yes. That's forgot. He's a fellow <laughs> podcast host. <laughs> Enemy. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, if you want to thoughtful check it out. Discussions. Yeah. Thoughtful Discussions with Josh Snyder. We're on uh, iTunes, Anchor, uh, Spotify, every, just about everywhere. Um, and what, I interview other creatives, uh, any artists, music, uh, visual, whatever and uh, talk about what makes them different and what makes them do what they do, um, mostly all over Pittsburgh. So it's, uh, it's a lot of fun. Hell yeah, dude. Um, and then the print shop representing uh, Flower City Printmakers in Bloomfield. And uh, we do just about anything, paper, stickers, banners, buttons, um, you name it. We do not do t-shirts. And <laughs> and People always ask. Yeah. So not, no like specialty like gift items, but otherwise lots and lots of printing. Cool, cool, cool. And, you know, so all that stuff aside, there's so much we could get into. But aside from the pod or aside from the podcast, yeah, aside from the business, what is the personal life of Josh like? What do you do when you're not doing all of this other shit? (laughs) Um, I try to keep myself busy, busy, like that's kind of the mode that I'm always in. Uh Um, you know, I'll, I'll take some time and, you know, binge a movie or I'll, I'll, uh, you know, enjoy and relax. You have to have some unwind time. Um, but art is one of those things that I do to, to unwind as well. So, and, and work like <laughs> it sounds yeah. crazy, but there's things that you can do to, that are kind of therapeutic. And I've been a small business owner working for myself for 12 years. So I've kind of found what things I can work on. It's not, I'll do deliveries. Like I'll go out and do deliveries and it's just like, I could be out there on the road, you know, Uh people can call me if they need, if they need questions for me, but I can just go and have to not think about it and just do my thing. It's so funny how after you spend so much time working for yourself as you have, how your thought 
on the concepts of things like relaxation and me time, how it changes and shifts. It's a totally different thing, you know, like all the time I'll talk with people who maybe just don't have the same mentality as me. And they are always asking about like, how do you get things done? And it's just like, you know, for me, like editing podcasts is relaxing. Yeah. It's not like a chore. It's like, it's super relaxing to me. It's like, okay, well, you know, I get to just, Mm. keep up my chops on audio and video editing and yep. just get to chill out. And like I could edit a podcast with one earbud in sitting on the couch watching a movie. Yeah. Like I can do both. There's ways to like multitask and just find uh I don't know. I don't know if it's me finding new ways to relax or yeah. if I've just tricked myself into thinking <laughs> it's relaxing over the years. Could be either. Yeah. <laughs> um I got some really good advice when I was about 18 and uh, this guy named Daniel Verdugo, and he uh, he told me figure out what you do well, and then find other people to, that do can do the rest basically. And so that was probably you know figuring out what I do well has really enabled me to do those things and do them good, and then find other people that can do better at the things that I don't do that good at. Sure, you know what I mean. Sure, I think that's great advice. It's really really difficult. Or people, I think, in our position to maybe sometimes let go of control or, you know, it takes so much time to actually find people that you can trust or people who will actually follow through with what they say they're going to. I imagine you've dealt with it a lot being somebody that has worked for yourself as long as you have because you have employees and people that business partners are of sorts, I imagine, and things where it's like sometimes it works out great and it's awesome. But when it doesn't work out, man, it's a fucking nightmare. (laughs) I imagine it can be. Yeah. I mean, there, there are some tough conversations that have to happen sometimes. Um, you work with sometimes younger people, sometimes even people, you know, that aren't, that aren't younger that should know better. And you have to tell them, Hey, you know, be on time. Sure. <laughs> Whatever. I but that, I don't want to jump around too much in this conversation, but I think yeah. that, uh, cause we're kind of like all over the place right now and that's fine. <laughs> but, uh, just with being like, a a independent business owner yeah. working for yourself. I think there's this mentality that comes with that. Cause I deal with it too at get hip where it's kind yeah. of like a, uh, Oh, you know, since this isn't like a corporate official thing, like there's like, we can bend the rules a bit. Of course. And you know, like, and, and like to some extent you can like, it, it, you know, it's relaxed in some ways, but in yeah. other ways it's still like just show up and do what you got to fucking do. You know, like just because this Please. isn't Starbucks doesn't mean you can't fucking like you still have to be like show up. Don't right. fucking bullshit. Don't <laughs> call off last minute. Do all this nonsense. But the right. other thing too is uh, there's an unfortunate side effect where there's a part of like the independent business that kind of attracts those people because of they're afraid of that like proper work structured. environment, the structured right. environment. Yeah. yeah. As I, I always uh, used to joke with uh, my girlfriend, Stacy, she was a store manager at a hot topic for a long time. Okay. And she always had a really hard time finding employees because it's either, you know, people that are too young to like work on mm-hmm. the, the, the amount of hours that she needs, or they're just like fuck ups that could never get a job anywhere else. So they want to yeah. work there because they think they just get to fucking dick around all day. But it's like, no, it's like, it's literally the same as if you're working at any other stupid, boring store in the mall. Right. You know, this one's just a little bit, you know, spookier. There's more Harry Potter shit in it, (laughs) (laughs) but it's the same thing. You got to fold shit. You got to put stuff away. You got to, you know, count numbers, check stock. Like it's boring shit. Same shit. A job's a job. Yeah. And I think that there's a mentality with that, that I think some people just need to get into where it's like, you 
work is work, but if you think it's going to be miserable, then you're going to be miserable. It's like the right. equivalent to like right now it's Pittsburgh. We're in Pittsburgh right now. And it's the time of year. We had our like first big snow this week. Yep. You know, it's getting cold. And I've always said this where I feel like if you tell yourself, okay, it's going to be cold when I go outside, just dress appropriately. It's not going to be that bad. Yep. I always get so pissed off when I'm around people and like, it's so cold. It's so cold. And I'm like, you're freaking yourself out in your head. You're like right. making it so much worse mentally. 100%. He's got to know. Yeah. It's like, you know, okay, you get up. Like, I got to go to work today, which means I need to do work. Absolutely. Prepare yourself. <laughs> so, you know, getting into, let's rewind 12 yeah. years. Okay. Uh, what were you doing <sighs> for money yeah. prior to working for yourself? Okay. So, um, I started when I was 16, I started working at a print shop and, um, they trained me. I started in graphic design. Uh, I was working on the the back end, kind of. In the, they did paper and they did screen printing, so I learned how to do both. And it was cool because they were like at the time they were th- they were on their second generation. They were thirty three years old, and so they still had a lot of old equipment. They hadn't like gotten rid of it yet. Yeah. So I got to shoot film, and I got to actually like cut and paste things on a light like on a light box yeah. where you actually have to like cut it and there's like this hot wax and you like, like old press type stuff. Like, and I got, that was probably, I mean, if I would have been five years later, they probably would have had all, thrown away all that stuff. So, um, really fortunate that I was able to develop my own film and like, like make plates and, and do all this stuff and learn how kind of like the whole thing worked. And then, so I did that for two years and then, um, I was kind of slowly buying my own equipment for screen printing. I wanted to start a record label with my brother and, um, which never worked out. Everyone wanted the, uh, the t-shirts. Yeah. So, um, when I was 18, I decided to kind of go off on my own, start my own business. And it just kind of snowballed from there. Um, my dad let us do it in the garage. Uh, we went out, got a bigger space and then we were got another bigger space, got a big automatic press. And then uh, we sold it. That was out in, in Orange County, California. Okay. And then uh, moved out here and took about three years off. Figure out, you know, kind of get my bearings. And, um, and then once my son was born, he's five and a half. My business also was five and a half. And so I started it, kind of became a, a stay-at-home full-time dad. And um, that was the goal. And I wasn't sure. Basically, I gave myself until he'd start school. Then, you know, I could go back to work. Needed to figure out something between between those time periods and uh, ended up working out. So I, I was lucky cause I had the seven years experience before that Yeah, uh, doing printing business. And this was different because this is the paper now opposed to t-shirts, but enough similarities. I knew the market and then being in Pittsburgh, like I love Pittsburgh. So it, it's so different in like people really appreciate good work ethic you just have to show up and get shit done. And people are stoked. They're like, oh, wow, you did it. Yeah. Like, what, there's really, like, that's the bar. <laughs> like, <laughs> okay. Yeah. We can do that. Do a good job. Do good work. Get, get paid well. Like, sure. you, you'll be fine. So, um, I mean, that's just always been the mentality. And referrals have been absurd. Like, people all the time just like telling other people about us. Oh, where do you get? No one tells people like 
about, I feel like printing is probably not the main referral, you know what I mean? But people tell their friends about us all the time. Like, so yeah, we have about I mean, 5,000 guys. Like I, kn- I knew who you were and yeah. I knew we were like connected on social media for a while, but I had yeah. never gotten anything done through you. And I remember it was like a few years ago, yeah. like oh, after gray Walker had started up. Yeah. I was just like, I was just on Facebook. I was like, does anybody know anybody local that does anything decent? It was like Jamie from code orange actually yeah. hit me up about you. And I was like, Oh yeah, I know that guy. Yeah. And then I hit you up and then now we've, I mean, I've gotten a bunch of stuff through you guys. So there it is. Yeah. Much appreciated. Yeah. And uh, I think the thing that's cool about what you're doing is that um, there's just not a lot of options, especially right. comparative to uh, like the screen printing. I think yeah. there's a lot of screen printing right. options. And I was going to ask maybe like why you didn't stick with that. But maybe the answer is because there's so much screen printing there in is. Pittsburgh already. The market, in, in my opinion, and I have seen, you know, I've witnessed there are a few shops in, in Pittsburgh that have made it work. Um, and they're very good at it and they make decent money and they they do a really good job. Um, but yeah, the market, it's just, it's easy to get flooded. You get, you get some kids that get some equipment, they put it in their basement, they do a really bad job, but they can charge two, $3 a shirt and you're trying to compete at, you know, four to six to $8 a shirt. And you're not competing with the same thing because they don't have rent. They don't have employees. They don't have yeah. all these things. And but then they take half your client base and they they eventually have to rise up to that same level where then they have to start charging more. But the, the problem is that it's so accessible that you end up, it, it kind of happens all the time. And so you have to really stick to your guns and make sure that you're doing, doing what you're doing and you, you're pleasing the customers that you do have. And then, yeah, it could be like this weird in between. And that's where if there was another screen printing shop that like there's the market's only so big, you know? Um, so you just don't plus the cost of t shirts, like so you're taking a product that costs you a dollar, two dollars, three dollars per unit per yeah. unit. You're making a dollar for printing it, usually dollar, maybe dollar fifty. And then so you're adding that on. Now, let's say the shirt costs you $3. You make a dollar, you make a hundred shirts, you charge someone $400. They think you're making $400. Yeah. You made a hundred. Yeah. You messed them up. Now what happens? Now that hundred dollars you make has to go three. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. So it's like, yeah, so the, the overhead on yeah. screen printing is crazy. Right. It's crazy. Um, and like, I, again, I don't think a lot of people understand, like understand that a lot of people right. don't know about it, you know? Um, right. Where, if, if you can get it right, you can yeah. make a shit ton of money. Like if you're yeah. fucking like, you know, whatever, like the steel <laughs> city or yeah. whatever, you know, or you yeah. know, they charge however much they charge for t-shirts. And right. it's like, I know how much you pay to get those shirts printed. Yeah. But I mean, if you can charge, if you can like make, you know, five times the amount of money Do off it. of it, then like, that's a good model. But for like screen printing, if you're somebody that is a screen printer, like a whole, um, wholesale screen printer. Yeah, it's yeah. it's it's a fucking nightmare unless you're getting like clients that are getting like hundreds and hundreds of units to really make it worth the effort and time because there's so much effort that just goes into setup. Right. Like um, you know, like I have a, a four color press at my work and yeah, I don't really use it anymore, but like I used to do stuff for some of my friends, you know, yeah. and do stuff for my band. I still I think every I still do stuff for my band. Got you. But uh it's like people will like hit me up like, Hey, can you help me get some shirts printed? We're thinking about getting like 20 shirts. I'm just like, bro, it's not worth my time. <laughs> like, I don't mean, I don't right. want to be a dick, but it's right. just like, 
you realize like it's going to, it's going to take me so much time to fucking like, I got to get your fucking transfer. I got to burn your screen. And right. like, I'm looking like now I'm pretty much like wasting a screen on 20 shirts. You're not going to get re you're not going to do these again. You know what I mean? Right. It's, just, it's a fucking, but people just don't know. They don't know the process. So, right. And now there's like, I like all the stuff. There's like a lot of, I'm seeing a lot of more like a, like the digital mm-hmm. printing stuff with the shirts and like, right. I don't know. That stuff's weird. Maybe the technology will, advance and it'll start to look a little bit better but everything that i've seen just looks like cheap it's weird to me some of the machines look amazing i'm sure some Um, of them yeah i'm sure but they're hard to get and they're they're expensive to run yeah i mean i imagine a lot of the stuff you're seeing at stores like maybe like in hot topic to bring out a thing i imagine a lot of those are probably all like some of that stuff's probably this like digital all automatic here and there yeah Yeah. i mean for for high volume or like screen printing is still gonna win yeah. Um, and you could do, you could do amazing stuff with screen printing. Like, especially if, if you get into like a 16, 18 color press, you can really highlight a lot of colors. Yeah. It. But the, where the direct to garment printers really like, if you do just want one shirt or a dozen shirts or whatever, if you want them quick, they can make you a lot, a few shirts very quickly that look good. Yeah. Um, so like I have a friend out in LA and he, he does stuff for like as props, and he's busy all the time because he works with, with the different studios and they just want oh, one yeah. shirt. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so doing things like that, working with, working with bands that just want 20 tees, um, you can do that. You can, and you can charge them a little more. Maybe you do charge them eight bucks a piece, but they're getting a full color graphic and they're only getting 20. No one else is going to do that. Yeah. So, um, they, there is a way to kind of win on those, but it's, it's hard. Like it's still hard. Because you're, then you are competing with screen printing. You are. I think no matter what, it's hard. Even like with the, even with the record business, you know what I mean? Like we have, you know, I work for a record label. We have a store, and I don't think you know people will see you know a record in our store. We'll say it's you know thirty five bucks for some Beatles record. Sure, and people buy that record from us, and they think we're making thirty five (laughs) bucks. But right. we're not, you know right, what I mean? Right. We paid 28 bucks to get the record, right. you know what I mean? So we're maybe making seven bucks off right. of it. But if you take a off, like, okay, like if you like, there's lights and employee shipping, you yep. know, all that stuff. It's like, you yep. know, we're not, we're making maybe five or five bucks off of right. a $35 transaction. Right. That's way like a lot of people don't think about that with the record stores. But so it's like, you know, the and used it, records is a different right. story, but like for new products, you're not making anything. Yeah. Nothing. And uh, employees can kind of look at you the same way. They're like, you made a thousand bucks today. I'm like, hey, yeah, we spent 952. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. What are you going to do about it? Like uh-huh. we got to, there's, there's always costs. There's always, um, you know, you just got to make sure that you've got to just got to keep up the volume. That's the thing right. is like, you know, anytime we, uh, you know, it's even like playing in a playing in a band, like touring, like you know, yeah. like oh shit, you know, we we made three hundred bucks tonight, right? So we we spent one fifty getting here, right? So you know, we got to keep playing shows, and then Absolutely. over time, it'll those it pe- the pennies will start to add up, exactly. But there's so much expense that goes into all of it, hundred percent. So you started doing this pretty early, then. Like it yeah. seems like pretty much like the majority, obviously, the majority of your life has been in the the print world yeah i was uh i was spray painting on t-shirts when i was 12 (laughs) (laughs) it sounds very california in one and somehow i don't know how but it just does i get you yeah (laughs) like (laughs) like very skate park it was yeah Yeah. we were we were that was part of it yeah Uh 
So like, what is your mentality of like California now that you've been on this side of the, um, the country for so long? Do you ever go back? Do you miss I it? Do, I love going back um, because I can go back for like a week at a time yeah. and stay with family. It doesn't really cost that much, but I wouldn't want to live there again, even if I had the money to. Um, and I have, I have a like, so now it's been eight years since I've been in Pittsburgh and my thought process on, you know, how much I love Pittsburgh and how much I love California, it's kind of shifted here and there. Uh, so I absolutely love Pittsburgh. Yeah. Um, I think that it has a lot of really good parts, but there's also a couple bad things about it, like that are um, noteworthy, you know? Um, we are, it's, you, people say like the pencil tucky kind of thing where it's a little bit more, um, I won't say it, like, I guess uh, more Republican, I guess. Like, sure. I don't know. I don't know exactly. Sorry. Uh, not trying to offend anyone. <laughs> I don't think anybody should be offended by that. Um, where, it is like, what it is. Yeah. Right. Where California is obviously a lot, lot more Democrat. Um, I mean, neither one is wrong. Both have good parts, but Pittsburgh is very, is it kind of swings one side. And then also with like racism, like I, I never really experienced racism like in Pittsburgh, as I did in California, California, white people are like a, a minority, not a minority, but like you have, I think the stats when I left, it was like 52% Hispanic. Okay. And you have a good, good portion of black, good portion of Asian and then Calif- and then uh, white people. And so like, it was never like, it was when I, I was growing up, I was born in 86. I mean, I remember the riots in LA. I remember like, like there's definitely racism there, but as a kid growing up, I learned very young to not be racist where like, I feel like here kids aren't really learning that as much or maybe they're 10, 15 years behind. I I was born in 1985 Yeah, and I grew up in Wilkinsburg. Okay. So I mean like I, I I was around, I mean I was, if I would like go up the street and play, like I was, definitely one of a few white kids yeah yeah. so i mean like i grew up in a pretty diverse environment like i I didn't come from like a majority white suburb or anything like that um so i mean definitely with me and my family it was very much like a hey like you know racism isn't cool but there was definitely because of like the neighborhood tensions of my family there was definitely some people in my family that were like you know basically yeah racism is cool yeah like you know what i mean like definitely some people in my family and it's just like it just boils down to like, uh, you know, tension in, yeah. you know, lower income neighborhoods like mm-hmm. I came from and people that aren't patient enough to have discussions with other people. So right. it's just like, oh, you know what? You know, they're I they're ignorant because they're black or, you know, fuck right. you because you're the, the white neighbor. Or fuck right. Because because people just don't take the time to talk to each other. Right. And that's what I really think it is. I don't even think it's so much like intentional racism is more like unintentional ignorance and just like, yeah, you know, people avoiding a problem versus talking about it. Like I grew up around a lot of that. Mm-hmm. So figuring that out, um, that's been interesting to navigate because it, it definitely wasn't something I expected because like basically I didn't grow up with that. And then to have, have that be a part of, um, I guess kind of like the, the white culture here in Pittsburgh. Um, I was, definitely taken back so um i also think everything's a lot more amplified now because of the internet that's true So you get a lot of uh 
everybody's feelings in general, yeah. whether they're positive feelings or yeah. negative feelings, like, you know, so much more about it versus yeah. like, you know, when we were growing up, it just didn't exist. You just right. had like your bubble, but <laughs> yeah. now like we don't have bubbles anymore. You right. know, we're stuck and we're swimming in like, we're like the world. It feels yeah. like we're in like a really crowded pool. Right. And we're just in all of everybody's stuff is coming off their body. It's floating in the water <laughs> and it's getting all over us. And right. like, you know, we try to scrub it off at the end of the night, but you don't. Right. Because like you can't because like even your showers at home, like your time that you spend at home, the metaphorical right. your shower <laughs> can be literally like a metal metaphorical. It's still raining Rinse. on you all right. the time. Everybody's shit. So um, to bring it back to California, so I, I have an opinion about people that are like first generation or like people that uh, their parents moved out to California and then they had kids and then they grew up. So that'd be me um, versus people that move there on their own accord. Okay. And, and then, so California is not very old. Like Pittsburgh, there's been people for here for hundreds of years. And a lot of people don't move too far away from home. They still have neighbors that they, their family grew up with and like family close by. California is not like that at all. So there's a mentality like, I can be a jerk to you because I'll never see you again. There's so many people. There's 17 million people in LA and Orange County. And so you probably can cut everyone off and never see them again because that's just how it is. There's just so many people. So there's this, there's this weird kind of vibe where everyone's very selfish because it took them a lot to get there. Um, and then there's this for the people that are first generation and they're growing up in it they kind of don't have a choice and they have to like if, whether you go to college or like, it's nice that you get to live at home a little bit, but you still have to pay like the same things. I think it's like $80,000. You can get food stamps in orange County. Okay. So like, and wow. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that's poverty line. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. So like, I don't know. You, you end up with, you know, renting an apartment with, with, more people than you should, you end up with. Um, so this situation is just different. There's people, there are good people there, but it's, I feel like it's fewer and farther between. And it's just, uh, it's a harder, it's a harder environment to grow up in. I think if you go there um, with intentions to like, oh, I'm going to go there and whatever, you want to go and make it, you want to go and enjoy it, whatever. If you, if that makes you happy, you're winning. Like, that's fine. I'm not knocking California, but. When you are that first generation, you grow up in it, you don't appreciate it the same because whether it's, it's 72 and sunny it's sure. and you don't, you can wait and go outside the next day because it's going to be 72 and sunny the next day too. The beach is going to be there. It might get a little rainy, but like it's, it's definitely not the same. We're here. You have our, we have our seasons as much as people might bitch about the winter. It, you enjoy having that, like, having the seasons, having it, it's refreshing because then you, you could get to enjoy your days outside. You get to enjoy, I enjoy the snow. I enjoy the rain. So it's, it's very different and both have their good parts by all means. Was so, there anything specifically that brought you to Pittsburgh? So my mom was born and raised out in Mount Lebanon. Oh, okay. So I grew up coming out here all the time. Okay. And gotcha. so that was, that was my pull um, to kind of come out here. I'm the youngest of five. My oldest brother has lived out here for 20 some years. And then um, my closest brother who I was a business partner with for the screen printing shop, he got married and moved out here. 
And so I joined along. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. yeah. So with the business side of things and now, you know, you are established here and you're working. What are some of the, you know, at least get maybe getting set up here in general. Was there anything that you found like surprisingly easy about setting up a business? Um, I mean, the, the, the basic stuff is kind of the same. Um, like as far as the paperwork and whatnot, but the community is definitely different. So like it, I found it was hard to break in at first because there's like, there's circles, there's multiple circles that like my customers are kind of um, in and to, once you get into that circle, then pretty much that whole circle will use you. Um, but to get in like, you have to, you just have to keep trying, keep trying. And there's still people that, Obviously not everyone uses me, but um, I think the thing with, in my industry, especially is just keep, keep hitting people up. And then if you're happy with your printer, great, fine. But as soon as you don't, as soon as there's something that makes you unhappy or maybe they're just busy and they can't complete something for you and we can, that's when we win. So, and it can go back and forth. That could happen to us. Never know, but try always being out there. You just have to keep going. But in terms of just like maybe like, like, you know, like getting like finding a space, getting a building, all that sort of stuff, you know, do you, do you find that to be something that was difficult for you or was it easy? Because reason why I'm asking this, because I think there's a lot of people that probably would want to work for themselves and want to have a business. Okay. But a lot of, you know, there's always like, oh, you know, this is going to be hard. And like Mm. always people always talk about what, what's the most difficult thing about doing a business. And I'm curious about what is, what is easy? Because I think if more people speak about things in a sense of like, you know, so much of this is so easy, it could be right. a lot more encouraging to people that may Got want you. to do anything, not necessarily a print shop, but just a, yeah. any business in general. Yeah. yeah. So I love my life. I'm very happy with, with the way my life is. Um, but it's because I, I spent a lot of time thinking about how I want it to go and making, making moves incremental moves that I continue to make every day to make what I want my life to be happen. So that can apply to anyone anywhere. Um, so starting a business, like I think everyone should go for it at some point, but it's not like you have to jump off day one. Um, you start doing it. Maybe it's a hobby, something you enjoy doing, figure out how to sell it. If you don't sell it well, figure it, find someone else to sell it. Maybe make something cool. Cool. There's, there's, there's like places that you can sell your, your thing at. You don't have to sell it yourself. Um, then once you get going, that's when your time starts to change from, okay, now I'm working 40 hours a week, doing this thing on the side, 10 to 15 hours a week. You start doing that 25, you start get, getting a little bit less on the uh, on the other work or you get a different job that allows you to work a little bit less and, or you're just and working you, 90 hours a week too <laughs> yes that's that's how some of us do it yeah. um, balance is important definitely that's that's think, something huge that i've learned i would say balance is important but i think also being willing to compromise some of that balance absolutely is, it's an unnecessary evil i think mm-hmm. when it comes to this stuff absolutely um my i don't have uh, a any particular time that I like work 
Um, I like to be in the shop as much as I can because I know that while I'm there, I, I can help get more stuff done. Now we're, we're this year, earlier this year kind of finally happened where I don't have to be there. And so if I'm there too much or like involved too much, I kind of get in the way. So it's, <laughs> it's awesome. It's like your kids growing up. <laughs> right. Um, I have a great team right now and, and I love them all to death. So it's, there's been waves, you know, where you have good people and then you have to, if your team kind of changes, you have to figure out your groove and, and who's doing what and kind of make it work. But um, right now, very happy with it. And, um, and I'm, I, and I make, you know, I try to do what I can to make sure that their lives are going well and, and they're, they're happy where they're at and they're going to continue to, to do what they want to do. But I also like, I also challenge them and, and try to make anyone that works for me, you know, what is it they really want to be doing? I don't want them to be, if, if it's not what makes them happy, I don't want them to be doing that forever. You know, obviously a paycheck is going to make them happy for a short amount of time. But um, if, if, if there's anything I can do to help in the long-term goals, that's, sure. that's kind of I where think, I want to go. You know, communication is really important. Absolutely. And that's another thing that if you want to do something like this, you really can't be afraid of talking to people. Mm-hmm. And to the point that you just made, I think it's important for people in the situation of like they're working for you or you're yeah. working for somebody else to let your employers know what you do want to do. Right. Oh, because like, let's huge. say, let's say you have somebody that, you know, is uh, really like, they're really good at like being patient and like, you know, maybe like trimming stuff really well. Yeah. They're good at that. And right. then you have somebody else that's like, maybe they're not so good at that. Their hands a little shaky, but they're really good at graphic design, Right. but they never speak up. So you have the graphic design person, doing <laughs> the trimming, you know what I mean? Right. And they're both kind of like envious Absolutely. of each other, right. but nobody says anything, right. you know, just, I don't know, talk about it. And then maybe you can shift the people around. So everybody's Absolutely. doing what they're best at. And it's just maximizing. I, right. I think we've done a good job of kind of creating that culture. Um, and yeah, I mean, you have to, you have to let people kind of do their thing, um, figure out what it is that they like and, and fall into it, you know? Um, but yeah, if, so starting a business is definitely not for everyone. I think a lot of people should do it. Um, but you, you have to realize that there's going to be a lot of failure. There's going to be a lot of effort and there's not a lot of return at the beginning, but you build it and then it, it grows and, and it works out. So you just have to keep at it. Um, I think it's important too, to have like a clear vision of what you want to do. And yeah. it, it needs to be simple. Right. I think like, absolutely. I mean, you should know if, if, if you're like, ah, I don't really know if I want to start a business, then you probably don't. Uh, dude, I say all the time, like, if you have to <laughs> like, ask yourself if you want to do something, you right. don't want to do it. Right. Um, but if you know, like, if there's something in you that's like, oh, I can be doing, I can be doing this better, or I can, I know that I would have fun doing this, whatever it is, um, then it, it makes sense. You're going to, you're going to flourish doing that thing if that thing is what makes it, what drives you. So, it, you you you're hindering yourself by not letting it work through you essentially yeah i mean like i mean look at you i mean yeah. you're not a superhero there's nothing no. crazy going on you're just a normal motherfucker sitting here <laughs> next to me and like you did it right you know there's nothing and don't, this isn't like a, a, a jab at you but there's right. nothing 
awkwardly special about you. I you know? 100% agree. <laughs> You're just a normal person. But I did it. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's not like I did it like I made it. I did it like I did the thing. I just, and I did it every day, but it's also still like, well, I mean, it's a thing. It's like you did it and you're still working every day. It's not like a, you know, rolling around Mercedes Benz, chilling, (laughs) checking in on the office from your yacht. shit. Like you're still working. It's still a job, but you're doing like something that you're passionate about and something that you're good at with people that you care about. I love it. And like, you know, being able to be a small part of, you know, maybe a scene in Pittsburgh mm-hmm. that you care oh, yeah. about with like yeah. arts, you know, people yep. probably get prints done through you. Lots. Promoters probably get flyers printed through you. Yep. Artists get uh album packaging done through you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. All, you know, all sorts of things. So with all of that, let's shift yeah. this conversation to yeah. the Pittsburgh arts and entertainment. Okay. Love it. Cause I imagine you've probably learned a lot about the local scene yes. just through like, printing stuff like people bring stuff to you and you're like what is this you know like what has right. that been like that's a really in- 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 ah. <laughs> interesting way to learn about the yeah. local scene um so before doing all the printing and everything i never really went to like dj sets like that wasn't a big thing growing up like it was i go to concerts all the time but i would never go out and like maybe a club once or twice but it wasn't like a big thing now like all my friends are djs and i go and i go i go to dj sets all the time and it's like you go you have fun you dance whatever so you need a t-shirt that says my friends are djs (laughs) that'd be good i like that um and so it is it's kind of ridiculous right yeah um there the scene is very everyone wants to work together um, and, and create something. Maybe they have a vision and they want to, they want to see it done a certain way. Um, the, the way that, that people are curating events is, events is, is different than I've, I saw out in California. Um, they want to create a vibe. They want to create a, like a, an opportunity for people to be there and whatever it is that they want them to experience. Like they're, some of the people that we have are very good at, at creating those experiences. So, um, the there's, I mean, visual artists that curate their own shows. There's like DJs and, and, you know, we have these amazing, amazing venues. Some of them that recently opened or reopened like Thunderbird and Roxian. Um, there's older venues that have been holding it down. I mean, the, I think it's a, a, the community overall is, is awesome. And like the fact that I get to work with people in this community every day, like I'm, I'm stoked. Yeah. Um, but I don't feel like I answered your question quite clearly. So what, how could I answer it better? I was just curious, like, you know, I mean, you answered it Did I? Okay. well enough. I was just, you know, what it was like learning about the local scene through your job. Yeah. I mean the history. And, so like, and making, and just like making those establishing relationships with people in that community, like in the DIY community, there's nothing more DIY than, you know, going to your local print shop and get stuff (laughs) printed up. You know, that's like, I feel like that's like a a fundamental pillar of, you know, any DIY scene is to have like, you know, a sort of like a, not exclusively like a punk rock print shop, but that's kind of like what you're running. You know what I mean? Like you go into flower city and it's not like there's, 
big fancy stuff all over the place you know like the room's not much bigger than the room we're in now yeah and you know there's like you know four or five motherfuckers in there just like you know trimming shit up printing <laughs> stuff out on printers and like it's good stuff but it's like it's very yeah. like it's very it's a very diy operation to begin with so it's it's super cool that it, it, to like see it just because Thank it's you. very uh it just feels like very genuine going in there versus like you know going into like a place that looks like if you were to like, I mean, a default would be like a FedEx Kinko's sure. or something like that. And it's like, sure. those places look like dentist's offices almost. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's all like, uh, I don't know. There's just something about it. it's a different vibe. Right. And like, you know, your place is just like chaos. Just Well, we have 100% of the people that work with me are, are all artists. So whether that's a big someone, surprise, <laughs> <laughs> um, whether you're answering the phones or um, cutting down paper, whatever it is, um, every single person is an artist in one way or another. So um, I think that that makes our print shop a little bit different. Um, and then, yeah, we try to just have, keep a good vibe in there. Like it's, it's, it is very DIY. And sometimes it's like, is this professional? I don't know. Like we kind of have to ask ourselves um, and then we're like, yeah, all right, let's work with this. Yeah. It seems to be working. So we're happy with it. Not to be, not to highlight any sort of negativity. Sure. But from just a personal curiosity, you know, Mm. being, you know, a a business such as yourself, we talked a little bit about, um, you know, how running a business like you do, you can maybe come across employees or people that work for you. They may be like, Oh, they don't take this so seriously. Have yeah. you ever had to deal with that with clients in terms of like people that are like, well, like maybe they'll like get stuff printed and maybe like not pick it up or like try to like haggle you on pricing or anything like that. Do you have to deal um, with that here and there? I think that the biggest thing is, is probably like graphic design um, because the people that know like what graphic design is and how much, like how much work goes into it, they're all hundred percent of the time. The people that know they are very respectful, but people that don't know how to do any graphic design and don't know what it means. They always question it. They're like, why is there this $35 fee? And we're like, because you didn't give us your stuff ready. And we talked about that. We told you before we started it, Hey, there's going to be a graphic design charge. And um, so that's really probably the only time that we get like a, a disrespect on, on that. Um, but in general, I'd say, I, I think we put a lot of information out to start with. So people know a lot about us and what we do. And then, so we kind of weed out the, the, that misinformation. I, yeah. I, I would like to think. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. That's very professional of you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I've been working on the website for a long time and it's finally at a spot where I really, um, like it, you could order everything online now. Oh, really? Yeah. So all the information is there. That's in, good to know. You want to plug that real in quick? In my head, uh, flowercityprintmakers.com. Yeah. Check it out. Yes. <laughs> and where are you located, my friend? We are in Bloomfield. Um, if you know the area, uh, we're right across the street from Lot 17, Luncheonette, uh, to Sorrows. Um, if you don't know the area, you can plug in 4610 Liberty Avenue in uh, Pittsburgh, one five two two four and uh come check us out we'd love to have you stop by the shop oh yeah. yeah so print shop out of the way yeah moving to pittsburgh out of the way okay origin okay. story out of the way <laughs> thank you you find this time to do a podcast yeah why did you want to start doing a make podcast? time make time make time yes 
You make time for the you podcast. You make time. Yeah. You make time for everything. That's very true. Yes. Why, like, what was your inspiration for wanting to do that? Um, and I'm well, curious if it, any of it had to do with, like, maybe coming across some of the people that you met through working at the print shop. Absolutely. So I think almost everyone that has been on has worked with me in one way or another. Um, I mean, I have, so I have 5,000 customers for the print shop and it's only been five and a half years. It's, that's a little bit absurd, but there's a, a huge amount of like contacts that I have that I, I'm able to, you know, whether it's someone in the restaurant industry or someone in art or whatever, mm-hmm. um, I'm able to kind of pull names out of a hat and see, you know, who wants to work with me on it. Uh, the reason I originally started it was because, so I had done when I was a kid doing the, the print shop when I was first starting out, um, we wanted to advertise in a, in a magazine, like a local LA magazine. And, uh, they wanted four fifty for a, an ad, like a little ad and us being punk rock kids. We said, for you. We'll sure. make our own magazine for four fifty. <laughs> so we did. Um, and that of course got out of hand. We were doing that kind of on the side and that, that helped us kind of get in um, some places we would, we'd get in to shows and stuff with the magazine and then we'd pass off business cards for the, for the screen printing while we were there uh, interviewing bands and stuff like that. We, we were, we uh, stick to your guns is still out like their big band. Yeah. Um, we were printing for them when they were kind of in their prime. And oh, that's cool. how we got in there. Cool. Um, and so that w- that was kind of the same mentality that I had for this. Like I, I, I've interviewed bands before I, I had done some kind of like raw publication type thing. And I'm like, all right, well that format's kind of changed 10 years ago. It was a zine. Now it's a podcast. And so it, it makes everything different. You don't have to publish. You don't have to distribute. You don't have to print. It's just there and it's done. Record it and, and let people see it. And, freaking awesome yeah and so i'm like okay like this is cool and this is a a good way to kind of cross promote so i can so something that is always kind of in the back of my head is that if there's any way that i can make my customers bigger or better then it will in turn eventually help me get bigger and better (laughs) because they're going to need more prints yes (laughs) so I call it selfishly unselfish because like it, it it is there's something i want to gain from it but at the same time, if you can gain something from like, you know, it helps everyone out. That mentality is something that I was talking with somebody recently about that mentality yeah. and uh, social media platforms like Facebook, yeah. where like, I think that it's absurd that they'll like, you know, strangle pennies out of people like me and you <laughs> to like boost a post right. where I feel like there should be a thing. Like if you have a business page on Facebook that has under 10,000 likes, yeah. you shouldn't be subjected to the same like throttling that big pages are mm. because those platforms have the ability to yeah. bring you up to a level that you could comfortably be giving them a hundred bucks a week if they helped you get your business up, but they don't, they'd rather just strangle those pennies out of everybody. Right. Uh, I mean, Facebook and Instagram, so the way they built their algorithm, to the best of my knowledge, is that just like TV, they are doing everything they can to keep you, keep your eyeballs there. And so if they notice that there's a post, a single post that people are seeing and signing off of, they will show that post oh, less, yeah. right? So 
that's all they really care about is, and then things that get immediate attention, reactions, whatever, they put those first. Oh yeah. Um, so you'll notice that usually within the first five to 10 things that you see on your Facebook there, you're going to have some sort of reaction to those. And then it gets less and less as you go down. They kind of mastered it. Like they know what they're doing. Um, but I don't, I don't disagree. They, there's maybe a tiered system, maybe a, yeah. like a sliding scale. Yeah. I don't know. Like, it's just like, it's just, it feels absurd to me to be like subjected to the same business standards as Coca-Cola. Right. Cause like, you know, it's two different things, <laughs> but like, you know, I, you know, again, what, what do I know? You know right. I'm just, uh, I'm just a, uh, just a, a dork, I guess. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, but you, you can figure out other ways to capture attention without paying Facebook for an ad. Totally. Yeah. So like, I, I mean, I've done it before where I'll, I'll post something and I'll say, Hey, if you share this, I will give you a dollar because I'd rather go to you than to a, a Facebook ad. And I know that if you share it, there's, I'm going to have the same th- amount. If I do 10 people and give them all a dollar on their cash app for, for sharing a, a post that I want them to share, I'll probably get more out of that than I will out of ten dollar oh, boost in the post. Sure, sure. And it's coming from them. Like that's the valuable part. Is that like it's not just Facebook saying, like, hey, here's a sponsor post. It's like an actual like you shared it. Yeah. And that holds more weight. Yeah. I don't so, think a, a lot of people don't understand like how valuable that is. With yeah. that being said, if you're a fan of the podcast, please like, <laughs> subscribe, and share. Yeah. Um, uh, it's so, but yeah, with that idea, I think the best thing that anybody in our position can possibly do is to just try not to rely too much on the social media. I think it's important to be on it. Right. But like doing things sideways. Right. So to bring that back. So doing things is what's important. Um, last year I had the first person. So I've been doing the podcast a little over two years now and I had someone come up, come into the print shop and say, Hey, I recognize you from this podcast that I started listening to. I started listening to your podcast and I found out that you have a print shop. And so I came in and he's been getting art prints through me. He's gotten stickers. Awesome. Um, and I felt like a celebrity. Like you, <laughs> you found me through the podcast and not through the print shop. Like this, what, how, how did that happen? So, um, I think that it's another avenue for people to see, you know, get to know you a little better, see who you are and what you're doing. Um, I think that there is some attraction to it. If you know, like if, if I just stay at my desk and get work done all day, there's going to be people that appreciate that. But if I can spend some time every so often and talk about that and bring other people to the table and, um, and share that. And I think that it, it, it's more practical doing. So like if you're doing something and it's practical and the more things that you do that are practical and, it being on social media and it's something that's shareable. It's not just me sitting in the room, binge watching a show like that doesn't, there's no positive to that other than how I want to spend my time. Mm-hmm. So the things that you can get a positive reaction out of that can grow podcast and can grow the business, whatever. Like I think it, it's all circular. So it, it made sense to do. And it's a good outlet for me. I like to, um, you know, work with other people and, see where it goes like i think so. maybe you can relate with this yeah me doing the podcast it's like the only way i get to really meet new people yeah or like 
sit down and talk well, and get to like chat with people because it's one thing where it's like I'm sure you'll like run into people at the shop and maybe you could talk to them for five or ten minutes. But it's, yeah, you know, it's not the same as doing something like this. And for me, it's like maybe right. I'll run into somebody at a show, but it's not. There's like there's a lot of distraction and yeah. you're in the middle of doing other stuff. You know what I mean? Correct. The print shop does yield. I think that's probably one of the things I like about it most is it does yield a lot of time and um, a way to meet people that are just starting out. Like when you're starting a business, probably one of the first things you do is like, okay, let me see how this looks on a business card. Oh yeah, make, yeah. So I, sometimes the first person that they have pulled their idea to, or like they're just starting out, maybe, maybe not the first person, but they're like, Hey, I'm thinking about doing this, this business or I'm doing a startup. So there's so something, there's so uh, something so delightfully serious about yeah. the first time you get business oh, yeah. cards printed oh. for your thing. Right. It just feels like when you see it, you're yeah. like, fuck, this, and is, then this is real. Almost all the time they immediately like go to get a second batch done and <laughs> it's completely different. Yeah. <laughs> Fine. You have to see it. Uh-huh. Um, but if you put me in a room with someone that is thinking about starting a business or it had just started a business versus going to FedEx, you're going to have a very different experience. Oh, totally. Especially if they're interested in listening. Um, so even if it's your first time coming in and you're just getting some business cards, you want to talk shop, you want to talk about business, you want to talk about how you're going to grow. Um, I will probably sit with you and talk or I will find a, a time that we can go grab lunch or coffee. And, uh, and that's something that I really love doing, um, with people who just kind of pop in and, um, you make the connections and you see what you can do to work together. It doesn't have to be someone that I've been working with for 10 years. It can be someone literally that like, and I think that's uh, amazing. Like that, though it does offer that experience. Um, the, I'd say I understand for you and like how the podcast is, is kind of a way to, to meet people and get closer. Um, and it is, it, there is a level of, of intimacy in that, that you don't get, you know, it's, it's hard to, to cut out time for an hour long conversation. Yeah. Um, it all, it also taps into your, uh, selfishly unselfish sort of thing too, yeah. because, uh, I mean, obviously I'm talking to people from all over the city doing all sorts right. of things. And a lot right. of people that are watching the show are watching because, you know, they're, they know who the guest is, but they don't know who right. I am. Right. But now they know who I am. <laughs> yeah. And they might, maybe I might bring up that, like, you know, I play in this band or I yeah. do this thing. And then now they know about me. Right. Which you it's cross. not the point, right. but it does help because people do find out about I me through it, the show. I think it should be the point, though. Like, why not? Like, it's not the main point. I, I get it. Yeah. But, but, like, <laughs> you should weave it in there a little bit. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, I, I've definitely, I've had a few people tell me before that you know i shouldn't forget that like i am i guess the host and this is yeah. my, my ship to yeah. sail i'm so just like unfortunately <laughs> modest yeah so are you still doing gray walker yeah okay and you're in sykes gray walker and sykes in the new violence yeah, yeah. And, and the podcast and a new project that uh hasn't uh, been publicly yeah. announced yet okay yeah. all right and uh but i've at this point i've like talked about it so much on the podcast people are probably fucking tired of me like <laughs> teasing this thing as if it's it's never going to come out. No, it will. Okay, eventually. Okay. Can't wait. We're to working see it. on it. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully, we're probably going to need something printed. So hopefully, maybe. I can be a part of it. <laughs> I love it. I'm sure. Uh, yeah, that top secret project will be floating your way sooner than later for sure. Yeah. So you you had asked me something about like the print shop and like being able to be involved, like um, when people come in and they're getting something for their wedding, like oh yeah. Um, 
you know, I'll tell them like, Hey, thanks for letting us be a part of it. Like in a, a small way, like I, I don't like, I realize that I'm not like in the wedding, but like I'm a part of it in some way. And they came to us and that means something. Um, and then people with, with shows and um, I think that just putting that little extra effort in um, one of our taglines for our advertising is that it's printed with love. And I think that that's where corporations kind of miss, um, you know, what the process is of, of customer yeah. service and working with people and, and producing something. Sure. Um, so whether that's, you know, a, a wedding or it could even be if a kid comes in with like a, a poster they want for their punk show and they're just kind of starting out and like, like there's, you have, you love it. Like there's, there's something to it. So, um, there's, there's that. And then there's also, you know, someone that gets 500 posters made and it hasn't been released yet. And so we're like, we're not signing non-disclosures, but we're like, they're like, Hey, don't post anything about this for a couple of days. We haven't quite, you know, told everyone yet. And we're, we're lucky. We, we work with pretty much every big promoter in the city. So like it's, and it's super cool. Again, uh, mentioned, you know, you did some stuff for me. If anybody yeah. has the newest Sykes of the New Violence album that came with yeah. the trading cards, yeah, would, Flower City printed the trading cards. And I yes. remember like I went in and like had a meeting with you because yep. it was like, you know, like I want, you know, this sort of stock, you know, how can we do the paper for the wrapper? And right. you had like, you're able to show me different sorts of things and this yep. is what it would look like. And this is how much it's going to cost. Like yep. you really talked me through everything and answered the questions in person. And it was awesome because like, I didn't know what the fuck was like, what was it? Like, I don't know what the fuck any of this stuff is. Like this wax paper? Yeah. Yeah. I have no idea. You know, and like you were able to answer the questions and it it was super cool just being able to walk into a place and do that. Thank you. I mean, because like, you know, I had this absurd idea that I wanted to get trading cards made and I only had to go 10 minutes from my front door to get them made, you know? Freaking amazing. So it's awesome. Yeah. Hell yeah. I really appreciate that. And I think that, you know, if you've something wacky you want to get done. Yeah. Or something simple, hit them up for sure. Absolutely. Appreciate that. And if you think you have something thoughtful to say, hit up Josh (laughs) and be on this podcast. Please. Yeah. But get something printed through him first. Then you could be on the podcast. Either way. Either way. (laughs) So uh, with all of that being said, we're going to be wrapping up here in a couple minutes. We're about to hit our hour. Okay. Um, I don't think I have anything else. I guess. Oh, I did have one more question I wanted to okay. ask you because I know that you know you dabble in some like artistic things. Yes. Have you ever done any music? Was that ever a thing of yours that you tried to do? Yeah. Oh yeah. Don't Google me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, what were you doing? I, I did. I did a. Um, so I grew up in. Uh, so I was homeschooled and my youth group, like I was part of one of those like cool youth groups in like junior high and high school where uh-huh. like there was a good handful of kids and um, there was always like something fun to do. So that was like my high school experience was, was more like the youth group type thing. Okay. Um, and so I grew up playing hand drums and that was kind of like what I learned was just like playing um, djembe or conga. Yeah. Uh, bongos. And, um, and so in 2012, I want to say it was, I did a, I tried to do a 365 project where I came out with a song every day. Oh They're yeah. Mostly all covers. Okay. okay. Yeah. Um, so if you find it on, on YouTube, um, 
Sorry in advance. Um, <laughs> it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of cool. fun. Um, I worked with a, a bunch of other people. Um, I did do a couple of my own songs and um, I mean, creating is, is fun and I was young and it was cool. Um, That's awesome. I don't know if I'd have time necessarily for like a band in the future. I do play every once in a while. The church I go to, I play, um, I just have a djembe and, and play every so often. Um, I enjoy it, but there's not really that much call for, for someone playing a hand drum right now. Sure. I get so it. I'm just kind of chilling and enjoying myself. That's super cool. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. I was, I was, that was one thing that I had thought about earlier. I was like, I was just curious because I felt I had a vibe from you that, yeah. just, that knew there had to be something there, but I wasn't sure what it was, but there might be some raps somewhere, but oh, yeah, don't sure. ask for them. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> it's, you know, I feel like, for anybody in our age demographic, yeah. you know, I mean, we're children of the nineties. There's Absolutely. a little, there's something rap something <laughs> in us. It's just part of our fucking DNA. Like you, you gotta try it. Yeah. It's impossible, yeah. you know? So with all that being said, we're going to be done. And that is all folks. Thanks so much for listening. Hope you enjoyed the conversation. One more time. Josh Schneider, thoughtful discussions, podcast, flower city, printmakers, hit them up. He told you where you could find them. There'll be, just on by. This probably all that shit's probably tagged in the episode description. Anyway, <laughs> click on it. Learn about some things. I'll be back in again. I'll back in again. I'll be back again in a few days with another episode. Same time, same place, same channel. You know the drill. My name is Sykes. Start the beat. 2019. Woo woo. Actually, is it still 2019 when this for- uploads? This is uploading December 10th. It's still 2019. Thanks for listening. And we are done. Get that slow fade on that. And that's it, dude. Hell yeah, man. Appreciate you.